are listening to the official podcast of The Congregation, a place of discovery with Pastor Tim Story. I would like you to turn in your Bibles today to the book of Isaiah 61. We're going to be going through verse 1 through 7 in the NIV translation. And I want to say that we are truly in my favorite time of the year. <laughs> I love Christmas since I was a kid. Um, I love the excitement of Christmas. I love the, the trees. I love that most people seem like they're in a good mood. And I did say most people. <laughs> I, I, I love the, the gifts that I used to get when I was a kid. Uh, Marcus, I remember I wanted a Schwinn bicycle so badly. And uh, I got one. And we were, we were really, really young at the time. I was. And my parents, I later told my mom, how did we get that? She said, a lot of savings. <laughs> and, and back in those days, maybe Manny, you remember this, they used, they used to have layaway. <laughs> so my mother said that she had put the bike on layaway and they paid payments just to make sure that I got it. But I love this Christmas season and we are going to finish up this year strong. And I'm going to bring a, a message today about how divine God is in this divine time. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I want to pause on that because it's so easy to just read words and go through them so quickly. But this is an answer to prayer, this scripture. Because mankind had been created by God. And you read about that in Genesis chapter 1. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that God saw everything that he made and it was good. And the word good there means it's up to my standards. It's up to my likings. But as all of us know that are on this platform and all of us that are watching, is that God gives us a choice in life to make certain decisions. And so even though God created this beauty on earth and he created beautiful creatures, people, that he allowed us to have the freedom of choice. And he made it known that if you made certain choices in the right way, that your life would go from glory to glory, which means better dimension to better dimension. But if you make choices in the negative way, that your life could actually begin to unravel. Well, we saw mankind begin to struggle through the years for hundreds of years, and mankind would unravel as you as you would read the Bible, you, you'll see the stories of, of Moses wanting to meet his, uh, lead his people, but yet they challenged him. And you go into all the different leaders in the Bible with, with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and then you go into what they call the major prophets and the minor prophets. I mean, this is me, you know, seven years of seminary spitting out these things. That a lot of things went on but God the Father created a solution. And the solution 
was going to be his son coming to earth to reverse the curse. For all of us on the platform, do we believe that God can reverse any curse? See, I, I believe that if you had alcoholism in your family, and it's been there for generations, that, that, that Marcus, that God could reverse the curse. If there's depression in our families, he could reverse the curse. If there is despair, if there's lack of hope, he could reverse the curse. If an entire country seems like it has a cloud over it, that God, in his ways, could reverse the curse. And so what he did is he sent his son. Now, this is at like a whole other level of thinking and, and belief that some people don't go for it. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this idea of Christ being crucified is foolishness to some people. But yet, it is a reality in what God did. He sent his son, and Jesus came, and he proclaimed good news. The word proclamation there means that he voiced it, but not only did he voice it, this is so powerful, he lived it. See, a lot of people have silenced people's words because people don't always mean what they say. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be there at 7, and then they show up at 7.45. <laughs> hey, we should do something Tuesday night. Tuesday night passes, and you never hear from them. I, I got your back, and you can't find them. But the Bible says that Jesus proclaimed good news, so he proclaimed not just with his words, but he proclaimed with his action. He proclaimed good news. During this Christmas season, I proclaim good news to you. I proclaim that your family is going to get better. I proclaim that if you have a setback, you're not going to sit, settle, and cement yourself in it. I proclaim that you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, that you're going to go over and not under, and that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I proclaim that you're going to finish up this year strong, and I proclaim that God could redeem and restore the things that have been taken from you in the midst of COVID. I proclaim this. I proclaim good news. News is an interesting thing because news has the potential to travel. Sometimes you get the paper and it's just daily news. And then they'll say, Marcus, well, that was yesterday's news. This message of Isaiah 61 is not just yesterday's news. <laughs> it's not news that I read today and then it shifts tomorrow. It is news that is everlasting news. He proclaims good news about all the things that 
they're about to describe. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted. That's part of the good news. That people that have been fractured in their heart, in their corazón, in the heart, the center of your being, maybe you've been through a divorce, you got fractured. God says, I will heal the brokenhearted. Maybe you were molested as a child. God said, I will heal the brokenhearted. Maybe terrible things have happened to you the last five, ten years. God says, I will heal the brokenhearted. Maybe you failed and nobody knows about it, but you know about it, and you nurse it, curse it, and rehearse it. God says, I will heal the brokenhearted. He doesn't say a physician will heal the brokenhearted. He doesn't say your best friends will heal the brokenhearted. He says, I... God, I can heal the broken hearted. Wow. Because I think there's a lot of people that you had big plans for this last year. And in the midst of the pressure, you got broken hearted. And it's hard to do big things with a broken heart. It's hard to have joy with a broken heart. It's hard to have peace with a broken heart. But can you imagine that God says, I will come and I will bind up the brokenhearted, which means I will heal. The word for healing that you'll find over and over in the New Testament, as I have in my notes, it is the word therapon, where God says, I will bring therapy to your heart. Wow. Man, there have been times in my life, guys, where I needed therapy in my heart. Where there was discouragement and I needed, I needed therapy in my heart. I remember as my mother's watching right now that many years ago she was diagnosed with stomach cancer. And it did not look good at all. And mom, you were turning... Uh, yellow and and it did not look good and we went to specialists and they didn't say special things. <laughs> they did not give her a good report. And I remember sitting with you, Mom, and I was just sitting as your, as your youngest child and we were eating breakfast and she could not see, but I was getting emotional because I thought to myself, man, this would really be difficult if this if this cancer took her out at this point of her life, which was a few years ago. But it's amazing that the God who heals, he heals the mind, he heals the body, he heals the heart. That God brought therapon, healing to my mother, he brought therapy and healing to her body, healing and thereupon to her mind, healing and thereupon even to her spirit because when you're hit by something, your faith is always attacked. So powerful, isn't this, guys? So God, watch this, he binds up the brokenhearted. So that's news for you. But he also proclaims freedom for the captives. And he releases from darkness 
people that have been imprisoned. One of the things that I believe that's going to happen is that there's going to be a mass release of your family members that have been in darkness. Some of you have been praying for family members that have been in darkness for a long time. I believe that even during this Christmas season that there's going to be a mass release of people that have been oppressed, suppressed, and under the power of demonic forces. I believe that God's going to take away your family's shame, renew their name, and give them fame wherever there was shame. Zephaniah 3.16 talks about that. And I believe that God is going to restore your family's fortunes before your very eyes. God is a restorer. And it says that he will set the captives free to be a captive means, watch, that you are literally held in quarantine. You're in a space of captivity. To be a captive doesn't always mean that you are chained or locked to something. I did so much research just on captivity the last few days. It's not that you are just chained to something. See, some of you say, well, I, I used to be chained to drug, but I'm not. I, I used to be chained to this, but I'm not. Some people say, I used to be chained to him or her, but I'm not. <laughs> but you know, you can be unchained and still be captive. Wow. You could be free from the chains of a person. Watch me. You were chained up. But then you could be held captive in your mind, captive by the thoughts of your past, captive by the thoughts of your present, captive by the thoughts of the pain, the abuse, the negativity. All of us have been around people that they're held captive, and you know they're held captive because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But I prophesy to you good news today that God is going to give freedom to you that have been held captive. Wow. Your mind is going to be free. Your spirit is going to be free. Your thoughts are going to be free. Your imagination is going to be free. Your children are going to be free. Your family is going to be free. Our nation is going to be free. Our world is going to be free. It's not just a vaccination that's going to set us free. It is the power of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus will use a doctor. Jesus will use a physician. Jesus will use a therapist. Jesus will use a teacher. Jesus will use your family. But it is Jesus who has the keys to unlock any person that is held captive. He says, I will release the captives. I will release them. To release is a very powerful word. It means like this. I went to a wedding one time, and they decided to release doves. And sometimes you can go to a funeral, and they release doves. 
But this particular time, it was a wedding, and that was part of what they wanted to do is an outdoor wedding, and they wanted to release doves. And uh, I love to find out about everything, guys. So I was talking to the guy who handled the doves. <laughs> and I said, okay, how long have you been doing this? He, I'll never forget. He said, 12 years. I said, well, what's going to happen to these doves? Because, Marcus, I didn't know that they're going to come back. <laughs> these doves were trained to come back. They, they, they didn't just leave and, like, uh, show up in Puerto Rico. <laughs> he said, well, I'm going to release them. These are trained doves. I, I, I'm going to release them. He said, but we treat them so good, they come back. Wow. You're going to be released from your pain, but God's going to treat you so good, you're going to come back to him. You're going to be released from your sickness, but God treats you so good, you're going to just flow right back to him. You're going to be released in your mind, but God treats you so good, you're going to flow right back to the source where you were treated so well. Wow. He will set free the captives. He will release you, and he'll take you out of darkness. Man, darkness is not good when it's supposed to be light. <laughs> Some of you, you could not wait for summer this year, but darkness was in our summer called COVID-19. Summer was... Supposed to be great for some of you. You're going to have a vacation, a, 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 a getaway, and, and, and then you found yourself quarantined. Or even if you decided to travel, you had a mask on the whole time. And we hardly make eye contact with people. So it was supposed to be light, but we were living in the dark. It was supposed to be light, but you were living in the dark. It was supposed to be light, but you were living in the dark. Some of you got into relationships with people, and it was supposed to be light, but you were living in the dark. Some of you got new jobs. It was supposed to be light, but you were living in the dark. Wouldn't it be awesome if there was a God that could turn this around? God, can you turn this situation where it was supposed to be Light, but I'm living in the dark. Could you make this more temporary instead of permanent? <laughs> How powerful is this? I remember we would wait for my father to get home from work sometimes on Friday night. And on certain nights, he would drink too much. And so he'd be at his job, great guy. But if, if he drank too much, mom, you know this, you're watching. There was going to be a rumble. Because my mother is feisty boy. And so if he came in looking too happy <laughs> because he would hit the bar with his buddies after because he, he, it was payday on Fridays. <laughs> and man, I could feel it in the pit of my stomach as a little kid. It's going to go down. And I'm telling you, Manny, if he got, if he got in like about 9 but he was supposed to be at home from work like at 6, 6.30, it was going to go down. But, Rebecca, it, it was going to go down, not, not just from like 9 to 9.45. <laughs> it, it was going to go down all night. And, Mom, you know this, that there were times that then my, my older sister, Berna, would have to drive, and the whole family, we would drive 
from, at that point, Whittier to a place called Pico Rivera. <laughs> you ever heard of Pico Rivera? We'd have to go to our cousin's house. Because my, my mother was mad at my dad, and now we were going we're gonna to go run to Pico Rivera, and we were going to go there late at night and, and get in the, in the middle of all this stuff and, and, and all thrown off because our family was in turmoil. But God found a way to release my family from darkness. I'm here to tell you today that God's divine is coming into your Christmas season. And he's going to find a way to release you from darkness. But it's not always going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. Here's how it happened with my father. He was buying groceries one day. And a lady said to him, sir, you should come to church with us. We go to this church called Melody Land. It's in Anaheim. And my father had a good sense of humor. And he said, I've been to Disneyland. And then he laughed. And she says, no, it's called Melody Land. It's a church across the street from Disneyland. And she said, my husband and I would like you to go to church with us someday. And, and it surprised her that after asking him many, many times when he would go shopping there, he finally said, yes, Manny. And he went to this church called Melody Land. And he, you know, good man, happy man, um, did a lot of things right and was struggling with uh, addiction to alcohol at that time. And he went to this place called Melody Land and the pastor of the church by the name of Ralph Wilkerson. Ralph Wilkerson is literally in church history books for what he's done. The church, Melody Land, went to 15,000 members before churches were ever that big. They had great services with people like Catherine Coleman that were in Melody Land. My friend Pat Boone was in Melody Land. Debbie Boone, uh, You Light Up My Life, Melody Land. The Full Gospel Businessmen, Demas Shakarian, Richard Shakarian, Vanjie Shakarian, who's part of our church today. That's all part of Melody Land. It was a world-shaking church. But we were just a broken family that got taken to a place that was telling good news. The Bible says unrelenting disappointment can leave you heartsick. I believe that a lot of you have been disappointed this year. And you come to this Christmas season, just a few days from Christmas, and you're heart sick. But the Bible says unrelenting disappointment. Disappointment means something didn't work. You've had things that didn't work, Marcus. We're friends. I've had things that didn't work this year. You've had things, Manny, that didn't work. I've had things that didn't work. Rebecca, you've had things that didn't work. I've had things... That didn't work. And, and depending on the severity of the disappointment, it seems that it makes us more heart sick. But the Bible says unrelenting disappointment can leave you heart sick. Now, the word leave is a very interesting word. Now, stick with me because I'm telling a story about my father's breakthrough. The word leave means as though you had something in you left it somewhere, and you went on, but you, you left it somewhere. Unrelenting disappointment can leave you 
leave you, like you left something somewhere. See, I believe that there are people that are watching today, you left your joy back in your last divorce. Or you left your, you left your faith back when you were a teenager. You, 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 you left your belief and your dream back in your 20s. Unrelenting disappointment can leave you. You left it. Can leave you heart sick. To be heart sick is not good because sick means to be ill, to be faded. A lot of kids that smoke weed a lot, they say, well, Tim, I do this because I want to get faded. <laughs> to be faded, Marcus, means to, to be like this. God wants you to be more awake, to come towards him. But a lot of people do different things, and I'm not putting anybody down. So they get faded, so they, so they pull away. But God's trying to push you towards not to pull away. But unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick. Sick, ill, faded, 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 faded. You could hear a good joke. You could hear something funny. You could watch a, a movie that used to make you laugh, and you don't laugh anymore because you've been faded in the heart. Wow. Unrelenting disappointment can leave you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn your life around. The word sudden means immediately. I remember my mother speaks Spanish, you know. Andale por favor. What does that mean, Manny? Hurry up. <laughs> Move it. We've heard this all our lives, right? So the Bible says, Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden boom now, a sudden boom a, a now, a now, a bam, a, a bam, a bam. Somebody's about to get a sudden good break right this Sunday before Christmas. A sudden good break. The word good break means God kind of break. Could you imagine that on this Christmas week, that if you got a God kind of break, a God kind of break in your body, if you have COVID, that healing came to you, if you've had sorrow because you don't like Christmas because it reminds you of people that have passed in your life, what if you got a God kind of break in your spirit? What if you got a God kind of break in your mind? What if the congregation church got a God kind of break this week that would shift our church and take it to a new dimension. Could you imagine that there's a God that knows how to hand out God kind of breaks? Unrelenting disappointment can leave you heart sick. My mother was heart sick. Many times us as kids, we were heart sick because of the turmoil in our family. But our family was about to get a sudden good break because my father said yes and he went to a place called Melody Land Christian Center. And the pastor, Ralph Wilkinson, was preaching the good news. As I'm preaching today. The good news of Jesus coming to earth. The good news of the death, burial, resurrection. My father got saved that day. He asked Jesus Christ to come into his life and be the Lord of his life and to govern his life. When he came home, he told my mother... And she thought he was lying. <laughs> he, 
he said, I, I, I found Jesus. And she's like, yeah, right. <laughs> and I, and I want to take all the kids to church. Yeah, yeah, right. In other words, you've lived in this pattern so long, you're trying to tell me you went to one place one time and you got changed. But you got to understand, he did not go to an ordinary place. He went to a place where he heard good news. He heard proclamation. Is that powerful? See, you are the proclamation to somebody else's life. I walked into an airplane one time, and as I walked in, the flight attendant just started crying. I just, all I did was walk in, and she just started, she looked at me and started crying. I, th I thought to myself, I wonder why she's crying. And she just kept looking at me, and she was crying. And so she came up to me, and she said, you're Tim Storr? I said, yes. And she goes, oh, man. She goes, sorry for getting emotional. She goes, but I've been struggling so much for about the last five years. And she goes, I remember your messages. I remember your spirit. I remember your anointing. I, I, I could even tell you the sermon that you spoke when you, when you spoke at my church in Seattle. And she says, I'm going to tell you. She goes, when you, when you walked by, you reminded me of the person I used to be. Wow. So she says, and I wept because I thought, God, maybe this is a break. Maybe you put this man on this plane for a reason. I'm telling you, Manny, within 15 minutes of her coming back and forth in first class and us dialoguing, she wept not tears of pain but tears of joy as I told her that God had forgiven her and she didn't have to sit or settle or cement herself in her setback. My father got touched by Jesus that day. We all came to Melody Land Church, got changed by God. Mom, you're watching. You got touched by God. And God took a family that was lower income. God took a family that was battling in our insides and in our minds. And we grew every single day. We started standing on the promises of God. We started living out Psalms 1. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, but stands or stand in the seat of the mockers. But in his law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree. Our, our, our family guys went from flimsy to stability started it. Psalms 1 says, you should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And everything you do shall prosper. Everything you do shall prosper. That God can set the captives free. And I close with this. And it says in Isaiah 61, he will give you beauty which means the quality to be physically attractive. It also means something that you love to behold. It says he'll take away your ashes. Ashes means that something has been destroyed or ruined. When calamity came, ashes were put on people's heads as a sign of mourning. 
ashes denote four things, loss, hardship, mourning, and filth. All of us this year have gone through at least loss, hardship, and mourning. And you say, I got ashes. I got ashes on this year. I cannot wait till next year. I cannot wait till the vaccine comes. I cannot wait till this happens. I cannot wait till this person takes office or this person does this or that person does this or that person does that. We don't have to wait for any of it. We can call upon the one who brings good news and brings change. He could take away my loss. He could take away my hardship. He could take away my mourning. He could take away my filth. And he can restore me from the inside out. And he can make us beautiful. I'm going to have Rebecca play behind me. There's a song that was very, very famous in the church back in the 80s by Bill Gaither. And it says, something beautiful, something good. All my confusion he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he, meaning God, made something beautiful out of my life. God made something beautiful out of my father's life. His life was taken too early. He passed away when I was only 10 years of age. But I saw joy in him being restored. I saw hope. He spoke life into our family. He took me aside one time, probably just a year before he died. He says, Timothy. I said, yes. He said, I found out yesterday that your name, Timothy, means one who honors God. He said, I didn't know that when we named you that. But your name means one who honors God. Could you imagine that out of the brokenness and the strife of what my family had been, that God raised up Timothy, one who honors God to honor God, that God touched all five children to rise up and honor God in their own unique callings. God has called you to rise up and honor him in your unique calling. So, Tim, story, what can I do? You have to surrender. You have to let go and let God. You have to say, God, you know what? It has been a good year, but it's been a taxing year. But I cast my care upon you because you care for me. God, I got pain in my heart, but I give you my pain. I got things in my mind, and I give you that. I got shortcomings. I'm on one too many medications. I'm trying to break through these different things. I'm trying to meditate. I'm trying to levitate. I'm trying to do a bunch of things to just try to find my way. God, I yield myself to you. And as you surrender today, you're going to feel his divine come on you this is a divine season the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and God's divine is going to touch you today I want everybody in this place that's here 
and all you that are watching, say these words. Say, Dear Jesus, come into my life in a new and special way. Say, Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. You died for my sins, and you rose again on the third day. Say, Jesus, be Jesus in my life. Rebecca, sing whatever you feel. To Jesus I surrender all to you. challenge you today for this Christmas service to become part of the congregation family not just an observer to get a life lift here and there but why don't you come and be a real part of our family there's something about community we all need it the more I deal with psychologists and psychiatrists helping out so many people that I work with they talk about how isolation is not good be part of this family, congregation.family. Be part. Let us help you. There's ways you can help us, and we can help change the world. Thanks for listening to the Congregation Podcast. For more information about the congregation, including gathering times, locations, and how you can give and support the community. Check us out online at www.congregationchurch.com.